The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So, hey, are you thinking about getting on a plane anytime soon? I think a lot of people right now are thinking, uh-uh, not going to happen. Uh, Canada's two largest airlines ending their onboard seat distancing policies starting Wednesday, July 1st. And that is raising some health concerns amid this pandemic that, as you know, has devastated the travel industry. Air Canada had blocked the sale of immediate Uh, immediately adjacent seats in economy class and WestJet Airlines has done the same thing through this through the entire plan to help prevent the spread uh, I'm sorry through the entire plane (laughs) need to clean my glasses uh, to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 but that's changing as of July 1st Brett Bala is the publisher of Western Aviation News Brett welcome back to the show thank you Jalen um, the carrier is saying that they're going to revert to health recommendations from the United Nations Aviation Agency and the International Air Transport Association Trade Group. Um, I, I know that they need to make some money here, but uh, in your opinion, is this the, the right way to do it? You know, it, that's a really good question. It's a, it's a bit of a risky move. The, the airlines have been... Uh, very focused on saying, look, we've got to have people, people have to know it's safe to fly. And that's that physical distancing has been their way of saying, hey, it's safe to join us. Mm-hmm. Now, well, uh, guess what? Business reality comes in. They have to make a bit of money to stay alive. And uh, so are people willing to take that risk? That's uh, an individual choice. I frankly am not convinced that I'm ready to take that risk yet. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's going to be a, it's a tricky one. I mean, even still with that middle seat being empty, when you talk about uh, the required suggestion or the the required physical distancing suggestion, it's still not there. I mean, they're saying that the back of the of the chairs will require will uh, offer some protection as well. To me, it's just uh, it's 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 moving a little too quick. But I under I also understand that this industry has just been devastated over the past number of months. The last time we talked to you was March. 17th, and you predicted a catastrophic financial time for Canadian Airlines, and um, <laughs> was it worse than you thought? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Air Canada is the only, Air Canada and Transat are the only two publicly owned airlines left in Canada now, mm-hmm. so they're the only two that have to report their earnings every quarter so that we know what's going on. Air Canada reported a $1 billion loss, a uh. billion dollars. Mm. That is an astronomical figure. Um, now, they've since been able to cut their costs a little bit, but they're still, at last uh, last I heard, they were still bleeding money um, up to about $20 million a day. They, they can't have that go on forever. You know, and, and airlines, it was interesting. Uh, my, yeah. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, airlines need 70% capacity to, make, to break even. Uh, so that means that they have, they can't fly with that middle seat empty for long and stay in the air. And it's interesting, yeah, well, that's, yeah. My husband and I were talking about this on, on the weekend, and it's like, okay, well, do they move ahead with this, which is, you know, happening as of July 1st, um, or, are, you know, our taxpayers, is, is, is a government going to have to, you know, do a, do a bailout pr- package of some sort? I mean, I think people are wondering where, where we're going to end up paying the most, right? What, what does that look like? Do you think that there's going to be some sort of financial help um, on some level, somehow? 
You know, I, I the further we go in, the more I'm starting to doubt it. Um, the United States acted fairly quickly to help their airlines when there was a political will to help. Um, unfortunately, the Canadian government waited. Obviously, the, the, the airlines are benefiting from the um, from the wage subsidy that, that, that's out there. Yes. But um, as uh, for a specific help, they've waited. And I'm wondering if airlines haven't lost their political capital. And this is over the issue of refunds. Uh, The airlines have decided, by and large, they're not refunding money for people who booked travel and had their flights canceled in the pandemic. And they're paying a political price for that, both in Parliament and in public. And so I'm wondering if the government can afford to bail them out, given those circumstances. I, I have my doubts. Let's take a look at what's happening with WestJet. Um, I mean, there was just huge layoffs announced, what, uh, last week. Um, yep. You know, officials there saying that the announcement regarding these strategic but unavoidable changes will allow us to provide security to our remaining 10,000 WestJetters. But, yeah, I think it was 3,333 people that were, were laid off. Um, you know, again, Probably not surprising, but, um, you know, even a month ago, I think there was some hope there that the cuts wouldn't be that deep. Yeah, and I think uh, I think everyone's come to the realization that at least in the very short term, the cuts will be deep. When when the emergency wage subsidies come off, that's when I think we will unfortunately see uh, a, a lot of cuts from airlines. Um, Air Canada has already moved ahead with some layoffs, which uh, they say, look, we're going to be a smaller airline coming out of this. And some of them are predicting they're not going to grow for another or, or come back to what they were for another four, maybe five years. So mm-hmm. you can't keep the same number of people on and be half the size you were with no prospect for recovery in the short term. Um, so I'm sure at WestJet we're, we are going to see uh, more layoffs. The people who were laid off were not unionized in this case. So in a way, it's an easy cut to do. Uh, the more complex ones will be coming up once the emergency wage subsidies end. So, you know, we look at we look at airlines, but what about the airports themselves, Brett? I mean, that's a whole other ball of wax right there, isn't it? I, I think some of the smaller ones might be in, in some well, they're all in trouble. They're all, you know, facing a very difficult time. Some of the smaller ones might be facing some even more difficult challenges. Um, but but how do, how do the airports themselves continue to maneuver through this? To me, this is actually the more complex piece of the puzzle. Airlines yeah. can cut back their services and save money. Uh, airports can cut back a bit, but not a lot. Uh, for example, early on, Edmonton cut back 40% of its staff. Uh-huh. It's, but now you're down to about the minimum you need to function as an, an airport. You need firefighters. You need people who can open doors for passengers. You need uh, people who can keep the baggage belts running. Uh-huh. And so once you get to that minimum, you're still spending a lot of money to keep people employed, but... Your revenue is based on passengers. That's right. And so I, I think the airports, I, I, I don't get the sense, the, the airports have been very vocal that they need help mm-hmm. uh, in different forms, in different uh, low-cost loans or grants or uh, Canada lease payments, which is what they pay to Ottawa for the land that they use, uh, get those deferred. They, they have been deferred for this year, but they need it long-term to recover. And I think they've been very vocal about it, but I'm not sure that 
Uh, I'm not getting the sense that the uptake is there in Ottawa, understanding that airports are not the same as airlines, and they're really going to be hurting in the short term uh, for the next three or four years, just like the airlines, but they can't cut as much. Brett Bala is the publisher of Western Aviation News, uh, joining us this afternoon. It's interesting in uh, the airports as well. Um, you know, if you take a look at um, the the COVID-19 precautions that have been put in place, it's it's kind of like a hodgepodge. It's, you know, some airports are doing this, some are doing this, some require masks, some have, uh, you know, um, removed employees from every other terminal for, for physical distancing. There, there doesn't seem seem to be a standard that they're following. Am I, am I right on that? I get that sense, too. Um, for example, in Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal, uh, the airports have taken a step of saying, okay, unless you're flying or unless you're working, you're not coming in the terminal, yeah. which is yeah. kind of on the extreme end of approaches, but makes sense for public safety. Uh, Edmonton hasn't taken that move, um, and others haven't either. So th- there's a bit of a mishmash and they're not all moving in lockstep yet. Um, and yeah. I'm wondering if that won't take a federal order at some point, like it has for airliners. For example, Transport Canada came in and finally said, okay, if you're flying on an airplane, you can't physically distance, you have to wear a mask. Uh-huh. It may come where Ottawa has to say the same thing for airports uh, to bring them all on the same page because they're, they're, they're slightly out of step right now. Uh, before I let you go, Brett, I'm, I'm, I think I asked you this question that uh, at the end of our, our last interview back in March, and I think I asked you to kind of look into your crystal ball and and try to guess what uh, what uh, airlines, what airports might look like three months from now. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. <laughs> what do you think it's going to look like, you know, six months from now or this time next year? You're talking years before there's uh, a recovery that, that 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 both will be back up on their feet. So what does that mean for airports, airlines, and for for travelers? I think it will be a trickle of good news. Um, And good news in this case won't be, uh, hey, we're adding 20 new flights this year from Edmonton. It will be, hey, we're reintroducing Fort McMurray, Mm -hmm. and we're bringing back Grand Perry, and now you can fly to Montreal nonstop. It'll be a trickle of good news announcements that will slowly bring people back. Um, I think we'll see uh, a a process where temperatures will be checked maybe right at the door as you walk in, um, where passengers will have to get used to answering uncomfortable health questions, and where there will still be room. It'll be almost a luxurious experience for the next little while because there'll be so much space. (laughs) <laughs> we won't all be crammed into those tiny little waiting areas to get on a flight. It, it, that will take time. Well, if there's an upside, that might be one of them. Brett, always good to talk to you. I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. You're welcome.